Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis truly is and I believe it is time for us to expose the works of darkness I believe it is time there's many in the new age right now that are finding Jesus there's actually a revival in the new age movement if you're not aware of it of people looking through other spiritual things and other spiritual causes and going to psychics going to mediums going and doing this and going on enlightenment journeys and going to this and they're finding Jesus in the process of their search I'm telling you friend whether you are like me an atheist or you are a new ager Jesus is the only way and when these new agers find Jesus they go this is what I've been looking for friend new agers are looking for spirituality they're looking for love they're looking for peace they're looking for wholeness for acceptance for this understanding of their life has value and purpose and whether you're atheist religious or new ager I was on that journey the journey of looking for the purpose of life why am I here I know there's more than this tangible universe this tangible world but the church was never teaching me about the supernatural I never learned about the supernatural so I thought I'll go to the world to look for it and I was intrigued by the world's offerings of the supernatural until I found the inventor the creator the author of not only the earth but of the supernatural realm Colossians says that our God has created everything in the seen realm that's the natural dimension the microphone the cameras everything you see and the unseen realm the invisible realm and as believers we need eyes open in the spirit realm so we could be aware of what is going on this is not just a natural universe and so new agers are looking for this and the problem is they don't find supernatural in God they don't find it in the church because we preach a carnal watered down lukewarm anemic gospel they have to go to tarot cards they have to go to psychics they have to go to fortune tellers they have to go to people that do uh, channeling of the dead to go find it but the church was the place for healing the church was the place for supernatural the church was the place for breakthrough from miracles from hearing God Jesus said, you go in the secret place and you can experience God and so this is what they're looking for they're looking for the Jesus of the Bible they're looking for the supernatural Jesus that when you encounter him you are born again God said Nicodemus you must be born again there's a supernatural not born again in the natural you're born again in the spirit you're born again in the supernatural he says you're gonna be a new creature if you want to perceive the kingdom which is in the spiritual realm that's where God is then you need to be born again to be able to perceive the kingdom and I'm telling you I found all of what some of you new agers are looking for and more in Christ so you don't have to go to the new age movement you can find it in the person that created you remember when John the Baptist was in prison he sent his disciples to Jesus he said are you the one or should we keep looking like should we keep searching for a Messiah searching for a guru searching for a leader searching for somebody who's gonna come and save us the man we've been reading about and they're looking for this man and Jesus said tell him what you've seen and heard the blind see the deaf hear in other words go tell John the Baptist that the search is over that you no longer come on I feel the Holy Spirit strong tonight that you no longer have to search in things that are not of God that you no longer have to look here or look there the search is over you found what you're looking for and people say Isaiah why did you stop partying why did you stop drinking why did you stop sleeping around why did you stop going to the movies and doing this and hanging around the wrong people and going to the raves and the clubs and the bars and the answer is I found what I was looking for 
I don't need to go to the bottle. I found what I spent my entire life looking for. And we're all on this pursuit, the journey to find God. Whether you're in the new age movement, whether you're in the church, we are all on a pursuit to find God, to find the one that created us. And so I'm telling you all these new age practices that the church is getting involved with, which I'm gonna show you later that, people are getting involved with, they're all doing it in a pursuit of God. And I'm telling you, you can go directly to him. You don't have to go around and try to use this method or that method. This is what you've been looking for. And friend, when I found Christ, I sold it all. I gave up everything to follow him in Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. And in his excitement, the Bible says he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. I want you to think about this. A man finds a treasure, and this happened to me 11 years ago, found the treasure, and the Bible says in his excitement, he hides the treasure, goes and sells everything he owned to go buy the field to be able to dig up that treasure. And everyone's going, Isaiah, why are you giving up everything? Maybe you're in the chat and you've done this. Why are you laying it all down? Why do you repent? Why did you give up your friends, your this, your that, your career, your girlfriend, all this stuff, and you're giving up everything, Isaiah, with a smile on, my, on your face? And everyone's going, why are you excited? The man's excited because he, because he knows what he found in the field is worth giving everything for. Friend, the God that we serve is worth giving everything for. The thing that this man has been searching for his entire life, everything else in retrospect, everything else in comparison is meaningless now. This is the journey of Christianity, is that everything in the world loses its taste. Come on, who am I preaching to? You lose your desire for drinking, for partying, for fornication, for, you know, the supernatural witchcraft and carnality and the Ouija board and all the stuff you used to do, you've lost your taste for. And all you care about is I need the treasure that's in that field. I need this thing. So I want to tell you new agers in the chat, Jesus is who you've been looking for. This road to enlightenment, this path to higher knowledge, to spiritual awakening. Oh yeah, there is spiritual awakening. It's called being born again. When you go from death to life, when you go from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, when God opens up your eyes to who you were created to be and everything else is meaningless. Matthew 13, 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovers a pearl of great value, he sells everything he has and he goes and buys the pearl. This man is on a journey, like the new agers are, to find something of great value, to find something that's going to change his life. And he's gone high and low. He's gone north and south. Am I preaching to anybody that remembers when you used to search for, and every other thing used to search for God. And the man finally finds the pearl. And he goes, I'm gonna sell everything because this is what I've been looking for my whole life. And so many of us have searched in clubs. We've searched in women or men. We've searched in nice cars. We've searched in careers. We've searched in our family. We've searched in our friends. We've searched at the bar. We've searched in drugs. We've searched in a bottle. We've looked everywhere. And then we finally found, come on, type one if this is you, we finally found what we were looking for in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Isn't that what Jesus said, if you drink of me, you're never going to be empty again. Friend, what if I told you I had a way where you could be eternally satisfied to receive eternal pleasure 
where you no longer have to search, where you no longer have to be exhausted, waking up in your own vomit, hung over, withdrawing from that pill or that drug, and you could have peace and joy. Come on, I'm preaching tonight. And you could have wholeness and acceptance and love and supernatural power to cast out demons, to lay hands on the sick, to raise the dead. You can get, you can have all power and all authority that Jesus had was now going to be given unto you. And you can wake up with purpose, get out of bed with purpose. You could sleep at night with no more night terrors, anxiety attacks, depression, fear, no more cutting your arms, no more being strung out, no, no more being tired all the time, but you could have joy in life and life more abundantly. What if I told you you could have all of this and more? This is what the gospel offers. All the other stuff, it leaves you empty. But friend, when you drink of the well that I'm preaching about, you'll never thirst again. Isn't that what Jesus told the woman at the well? He said, girl, if you drink of me, the, the well of life, you will never thirst again. You'll no longer have to keep going back. It's like, friend, when you sleep around, when you do drugs, when you go out and party, you get satisfied temporarily because the Bible says sin is good for but a season. And then what happens? The next morning you're hungover, you're tired. The next day you feel empty. You go, why did I do that? It doesn't bring me life. And you go with the one night stand. I've been there. I've been there and it never brought satisfaction. And you say, why is our veins popping out of your neck? Why are you shouting? Because friend, I'm begging with you. I'm begging you. I'm trying to save your life tonight. I'm throwing you a lifesaver saying that God wants to change everything, that you no longer have to live in that life that I lived for so long. And my heart breaks for those that are in deception in the new age and looking for spirituality in the wrong places. My heart breaks for you. So I don't mind being called crazy by the religious. I don't mean, I don't mind people saying you're too spiritual. If I could reach those that are in the new age movement, because there's a water that we're offering. Now, some of you might say, Isaiah, why talk about all the stuff you're going to talk about? Why talk about yoga? Why talk about, you know, all these new age practices you're going to discuss tonight? Because so many in the movement are watching our videos and we're called to expose the darkness and bring them to the light. Now, what I'm not going to do is say any of this stuff is okay because it's all wrong to God. It's all an abomination. It's demonic. And these are demonic spirits that are fueling the new age movement that are fueling this. So I'm not here to blur the lines and to mix the new age with God and say, you could still be accepted in God. You absolutely, you better hear me strong tonight. You have to repent. You have to turn from your ways. You cannot mix Jesus and the new age movement. You cannot mix the practices of mysticism, new age, with the practices of the Bible. You have to repent, turn away, and follow after Jesus. So just because you've never done this stuff or you're not involved doesn't mean we shouldn't bring light to it. Doesn't mean people right now are not involved in it. Every event we do, I have lines of people saying, I was a witch, I was a sorcerer, I was a new ager, I was a medium. I had a girl last event we did, I was a psychic, had a psychic hotline, a YouTube channel of reading palms and now saved, full of the Holy Spirit and now delivering other people of demons. Why? because we're not afraid to preach to these people. I don't wanna be this sanitized, clean pastor that is afraid of preaching to those that are in darkness. So we are gonna expose it, some of these practices. Now, before we do, let me begin tonight. I know we're 20 minutes in, but let me begin issuing a sincere apology. As a pastor, as a leader, as a preacher, as a minister of the gospel, as an ex-atheist, now revivalist, I want to sincerely apologize to every unbeliever and to every new ager in the chat right now for failing you, 
for failing you by not showing you the true love of God, for failing you by not introducing you to the supernatural aspects of God, for failing you by not offering you deliverance from the demonic spirits that have held you bound, supernatural healing by the laying on of hands, for failing you by removing the power of God, repentance and holiness from the gospel and giving you a cheap, watered down, westernized gospel fabricated man-made gospel that's not even the bible for failing you by fighting people instead of fighting the spirits that influence people for failing you by not giving you the whole truth of god's word for failing you by making you think that christianity is about a man on a stage who has a relationship with god that you can never achieve yes i'm apologizing tonight to the new age movement and to every unbeliever because the church of jesus christ as a leader, as a preacher, as a spokesperson has massively failed when it comes to presenting the gospel to the new age, other religions, and to the world. But I want to tell you right now that there is a remnant rising up in this last day that's tired of boring religion, that's tired of status quo, that's tired of preaching it but not living it. God is waking up his people as he's done for centuries. And those who will really represent God, his true nature, his true power, and what he's like are rising up in these last days. And I came to tell somebody that doesn't know this, that not every Christian is a hypocrite that there are many Christians out there that are living for God. There are many Christians out there that really feed the poor, that love their neighbor, that help the orphan and the widow. There's really Christians out there that love the broken, that love those that persecute them, that turn the other cheek. There's really the us out there that will lay our lives down for the sake of you hearing the gospel. And there's really Christians out there, hear me tonight, that love you way too much to let you die and go to hell in your sins to let you think that Jesus is okay with the New Age movement and the gospel mixed together, to think that Jesus is okay with a compromise, carnal lifestyle. I'm here tonight to call you out of compromise, to call you out of this New Age spirituality, to call you out of dead, dry religion. I'm not just preaching to New Agers, I'm talking to many of you in the chat that live this dead, dry Christianity that's void of supernatural encounter. God is calling you to that next level of consecration and to live a supernatural lifestyle. Now, when it comes to the New Age movement, breaking it down and teaching on it, there is a vast amount of beliefs in the new age. There's a vast amount of teachings. There's not always one definition or one topic or something that all new agers agree on. I would say the new age movement has also infiltrated the church from one degree to another. Now there's nothing new about spirit infiltrating the church. Paul addressed this in 2 Corinthians 11.4. He said, you happily put up with what anyone tells you, even if they preach a different Jesus than the one we preach or a different kind of spirit than the one you've received or a different kind of gospel. So this idea that new age or spirituality that's not of God has infiltrated the church is not a new idea or a new principle. It goes all the way back to the church in Corinth who were happily allowing, notice happily, they're okay with it, a different Jesus being preached, which by the way, there is a different Jesus being preached in the pulpits of the American church right now as I speak a different kind of spirit and there is absolutely a different kind of spirit that's roaming through the church that's pretending to be the holy spirit and a different kind of gospel and there is absolutely a different kind of gospel a gospel being preached that says live how you want live like the devil and everything's going to be fine when you die as long as you pray the sinner's prayer that is not the gospel that the disciples preached it is not the gospel that jesus preached the gospel without power is not in the bible a, the gospel without miracles, deliverances, 
healings so is not in the bible paul said i did these things with the power of god to fully preach the gospel so these are false teachings in the church and these spirits any spirit write this down other than the holy spirit cannot be trusted so don't believe a spirit that comes to you and says i'm an angel i'm this listen to me follow me these are demonic spirits and they can't be trusted so what is the new age movement the new age movement which we're going to bring on later a new an ex new ager to tell us more about it is a school of thought but it's an umbrella term to cover many spiritual practices and ways of thinking not just one specific belief or one specific thing but the new age movement is a culmination of beliefs and ideas that are not only becoming popular in churches but also popular in mainstream mainstream media mainstream culture there's a lot of mixed information about the new age because again when you get in mixture people can't agree on things but one thing you're going to see in the new age over and over is this this type of preaching that everything is good all roads lead to god which we know is something jesus never preached and everything's fine everything's love and we're going to restore peace we're going to restore humanity and no matter what religion you are no matter what you worship no matter what you pray to you could pray to this person the saint you could pray to them you could pray to a spirit you could pray to mother nature you could pray to a tree you could pray to a blade of grass you can meditate on these things they all lead ultimately to god and i'm telling you right now they don't all lead to God. The only one that leads to God is Jesus. He's the only way to get to the Father, only through the Son. All these other things do not lead to God. They lead to deception. They lead to you opening the door to demonic spirits. And you might think it's innocent. Oh, I'm just dabbling a bit. But understand, friend, when you get into this super, these spiritual experiences and you start astral projecting and you start getting involved in um, seances and rituals and Ouija boards and light work and all of these demonic things, you are opening the door to all the forces of hell you could ever imagine. So you don't just say, oh, it's just going to bring me peace. It may bring you some temporary peace, but it's also going to bring a spirit of depression, a spirit of anxiety, a spirit of fear, a spirit of suicide. All these things come through the open door. When you open a supernatural portal or a spiritual door, you don't get to say what's going to come through that door. You don't get to say what's on the other side. So you never know when you open up that spiritual door, what kind of spirits are going to come through that door. And so we have this, this teaching in the new age that everything's fine. Everything's good. It's wrong. One extra I found from an article said this in recent years, another Pew research study found that a new religious movement commonly referred to as the new age movement is dominating spiritual um, panor panorama the new age movement or also called new age spirituality is a conglomeration of beliefs rooted in eastern mysticism these ranging from meditation to occult practices they all fell under the umbrella of new ageism or the new age movement although it's difficult to define what the new age movement really is which is why the followers rarely label themselves as such this unbiblical worldview has permeated America, including the evangelical church. While nowadays, eight in 10 Christians say they believe in God of the Bible, six in 10 of those Christians believe in one or more of the four predominant New Age beliefs, including psychics, reincarnation, astrology, and other things. So eight out of 10 say they believe in God, the God of the Bible, Christians, but six of them say they also believe in psychics, reincarnation, astrology, and other things. Even though some of these can be easily identified as contrary to biblical truth, there are other beliefs within the New Age movement that have subtly trickled into the church. Okay, here are some of the practice that fall under the New Age umbrella. 
And then we're going to talk about the differences between what the church believes, what the new age believes, and then we're going to break down different types of new age practices that we need to make sure we're not involved in. And that is happening right now, even as I speak in the church. So here's some of the things that fall under the new age movement, Buddhism, Hinduism, mysticism, transcendentalism, Gnosticism, paganism, pantheism, occultism, esotericism, witchcraft, meditation, yoga, psychedelics, channeling spirits, divination, sorcery, mind science, reincarnation, astral projection, UFOlogy, and spiritual psychology. These are all part of the new age movements. There's more, but those are some of the most basic ones. And now this aim of the new age is to bring about spiritual enlightenment by raising your consciousness through different methods where you get to a place of self-divinity. So basically the journey and the goal of new age is to ultimately become your own God. So all of these occult practices we're going to talk about, they all are to help enlighten you so that you can become more like God. So that you can actually not just, I'm sorry, so that not you could become more like God, you could actually become God. So here's the difference between Christianity and the new age. Christianity says, I'm going to meditate on the word of God. I'm going to get in my prayer closet. I'm going to pray to God, do these things so I can become like God. New age says, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do yoga. I'm going to do yogic breathing. I'm going to do light work. I'm going to do all these different exercises to bring up my enlightenment so that ultimately I can become divinity and I can become my own God. They believe, the new age movement believes, To achieve world peace, we have to reunite all religions and people. Sounds to me like the Antichrist, which by the way, the spirit of the Antichrist is absolutely fueling the New Age movement and is at work because what you'll see is they're okay with Jesus. They're just not okay with Jesus being the only way. They think he's a great teacher that was killed by a bunch of religious zealots, but they don't believe he's the only way to God. And I'm going on record as clear as possible. If any of you jumping on here, Jesus is the only way to the Father. It's not Jesus and, it's Jesus only. He's the only way. They believe that we need to reunite and everyone needs to be connected in the school of thought of the new age. A survey conducted by the Pew Research Center found that 26% of Americans believe spiritual power exists within mountains, trees, and crystals, which later we'll talk about crystals. 25% believe in astrology, 24% believe in reincarnation, 23% believe that yoga is a spiritual practice, and 15% have consulted with a psychic or a fortune teller. A study also said in 2017, 27% of Americans identify themselves as being spiritual but not religious. A number has gone the number has gone up about 8% from the previous 5 years. Another study said 40% of Americans practice meditation at least once a week, making it so prevalent it's turned into a billion dollar industry. More than 60 million, I'm sorry, more than 36 million Americans practice yoga. Think about that. 36 million Americans practice yoga, the Hindu spiritual practice involving stretching, contemplation, and trances, an additional 31 million have at least tried yoga. Yoga like meditation has ballooned and yoga is now a 10 billion dollar industry, which I'll talk about later. Yoga being an open door to demons, prayer stances to foreign gods and demonic powers, which if you don't know, demons hide behind false idols and false gods. Those are, they venerate them. They become the God. They become what they worship. And these yoga stances are open doors. Now, let me just get, pose a thought to you. What if the mental health crisis in America, what if the suicide epidemic in America, what if the depression epidemic, what if all these issues in America are not only from psychological or medical, but what if a majority of them are an entire culture, an entire people group, because I'm in America, I can only speak for us, 
that have opened themselves up to demonic spirits, not only through yoga and meditation, but social media, pornography, and everything else. Because here's the thing, when you open up that door, who knows what's gonna come in through that door? And that's why so many people deal with depression, anxiety. Friend, these are spirits. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but spirits, persons with no bodies. We're battling unclean, foul spirits that are infiltrating America through these practices. These are all mysticism, Eastern mysticism that are invoking demonic spirits. The purpose of these practices like yoga and all these other things are to channel spirits. That's why they made them was to connect with the gods so that you can join this path of enlightenment and you could become a God yourself. Now, Mark Sims has good writings. I want to discuss some of his writings when it comes to comparing the new age and Christians. Okay. And then we're going to go over some new age practices. So here are some differences from what the new age movement believes compared to what Christians believe. And some of you are going to find that your church believes some of these new age practices. So we're going to talk about topics or things. And then we're going to say, what does the new age think about this? And what does Christians think about this? First of all, God. Okay. The new age movement believes God is an impersonal cosmic energy that permeates all things, including us and unites everyone together as one. That's their belief in God. He's an impersonal cosmic energy. Christianity believes that God is a personal triune creator, omnipotent, omniscient, omnibelevolent, holy God who desires to have relationship with his children. Can we get some fire emojis in the chat? So think of it as a king, a father, a husband. This is our God. There's a personal relationship, which is far off what the new age believes. Psalms 115. I'm going to give you a verse for every one of these. Psalms 115.3. Our God is in the heavens and he does so as he wishes. So our God is not impersonal. Our God is not in a tree. Our God is not in a mountain. Our God is not some cosmic energy that unites everyone together as one. Our God is personal. He's powerful. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He is all God and he desires a relationship with his children. Okay. What about um, 1 Peter 1, 2? God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and the Spirit has made you holy. His Spirit has made you holy, and as a result, you have obeyed Him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. So God the Father, notice there it's the Father. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 8. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So God is a real real, real person, not some mystical far off energy in the cosmic universe. He's real. Jesus, new agers believe Jesus is a wonderful spiritual teacher, like the myriad of other spiritual teachers and gurus from other religions. He taught a path of love and peace, and he was tragically killed by the religious leaders. The story of Jesus has been in, this is what they believe, that the story of Jesus has been embellished by the church over decades, and they've added a lot of unnecessary doctrines that Jesus didn't teach. And the teachings of Jesus as one way among, among many other ways that lead to enlightenment. So what they'll say is, like what Oprah believes. Oprah is a big new ager and she says, I believe in Jesus and I'm a Christian, but I also believe there's many other ways to enlightenment and many other ways to heaven and many other ways to God. So again, Oprah's not a Christian. She claims to be, but she's not because there's no, there's not many other ways. New agers believe there's other paths to enlightenment like Buddha, Krishna, Gandhi, Muhammad, Moses, all these other places, teachers and leaders can bring enlightenment and can lead you to God. Christianity believes. Okay, I'm giving you the contracts here. Jesus Christ is the second member of the Trinity, God himself. Let me say that again. 
Jesus Christ, the second member of the Trinity, is God himself. He's the eternal God who was never created, but created all things that have been created and is of the same substance of the Father. He took on flesh as recorded in the Gospels, and he taught that he was God, and, ho and he came to save people from their sins by his death on the cross and resurrection from the grave, and that he was the only way to the Father, and his teachings now are faithfully preserved in pages of the scripture by his apostles. This is good doctrine for y'all that are new. This is what we believe Jesus Christ is. New Age believes, great teacher, tragically killed. We believe he is God. He is the creator God, and he's the only way to the Father. He's the second person of the Trinity. Think of an author writing himself as a character into the story. Uh, John, I'm going to give you verses for all this. John 14, 6 through 11, Jesus told him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you've already known me, you have known who my Father is. From now on, you do not know him, and from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and we'll be satisfied. Jesus responded, have I been with you this whole time, Philip, yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who sees me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe, verse 10, don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? The words I speak are not of my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Verse 11, just believe that I am in the Father and the Father's in me, or at least believe because of the works you've seen me do. And John, we find out, Jesus says in John 10, if you don't believe me and that I'm in the Father, believe the miraculous signs and wonders and know that the Father's in me and I am in the Father. Human beings, how does the New Age movement see humans? Humans are part of a, this is what the New Age believes. Humans are part of a cosmic consciousness of the universe and therefore are all connected and therefore they're all divine, like everything else. Well, all humans are essentially good, most are blinded by culture, religion, and society, and they remain unawakened to their true potential. So all these things I'm going to share with you in a minute here, these practices enlighten you, are enlightening you to your true potential. Christians believe humans are made by God, but are distinct from God. He's the creator, we're his creation, humans are made in God's image and thus are bestowed with inherent dignity, a desire to worship their creator, and a moral conscience, yet humans inherit a broken sin nature from their parents, Adam and Eve. So while they are bestowed with inherent dignity and morality, they're marred with sin and separated from God. Like a broken mirror or scratched record or marred statue, God is the only one that could repair us. That's what we believe humans are. We are not God. We are not little gods. We are creation. We are created in the image of God and God has bestowed his divine nature onto us, but that doesn't make us God. Romans chapter two, verse 14. Even Gentiles who do not have God's written law show that they know his law by instinctively obeying it. Even without having read it, they demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts for their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them they're doing right. So what Paul is saying is, even those that have never read the law of God, intrinsically have the law of God in them and they know whether something is right or wrong or whether they should or shouldn't do something. Creation. The New Age movement believes this world and everything we see is a projection that we've correct, uh, we have collectively created as a means to entertain ourselves. We are the creators of this world and at some point we'll create another world all over again and therefore history is cy um, cy cyclical. So basically we're the creators of the world and we're going to create more worlds and we're going to continue on Christianity believes that the world and everything in it, including us, was created by Jesus Christ, the Word of God. It was for him and through him, and he upholds it by his power. History is not just repeating itself, but it's linear, 
where Christ will return and bring an end to history and establish a new heaven and a new earth. And all creation is eagerly groaning for this expectation of this. So think of an author writing this epic story and there's a conclusion to the story of a happily ever after where Jesus is going to come back and he's going to establish and bring down the new Jerusalem. John 1 7 says in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God. The word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in darkness and the darkness cannot extinguish it. Colossians 1.16, for through him, who's him? Jesus. God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made things we can see and things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. So let me repeat that there. God has created thrones, kingdoms, rulers, uh, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. So there's not just a natural world around us. There's a supernatural world that God has created. Come on, let's share this. Rod did 4,000. Evil and suffering. And then we're going to go over some of these practices here. And then we'll bring on our guest after. Evil and suffering. The New Age believes there's no such thing as evil. Evil and suffering are an illusion. There only is what there is. Our greatest suffering comes from thinking we should not suffer and the anxiety we experience trying to avoid suffering. If we just accept suffering as another part of this illusion, it wouldn't be as bad as it is. Christianity believes evil is not an illusion, but an immediate product byproduct of sin, a rejection of God, death, suffering, evil, and pain are all consequences of sin. And as long as we live in this world, we will experience suffering and evil until Christ returns. So instead of viewing suffering as an illusion to be dismissed, Christianity teaches that while suffering is a byproduct of sin, God uses suffering in the Christian's life to refine them and mature them. But God does not delight in evil or suffering. Lastly, in Christianity, God himself experiences the pain and anguish and evil and suffering, and he takes it on the cross as Jesus Christ and puts it to death. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. First Peter 3, 18, Christ suffered our sins once and for all. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. Okay, truth goodness. What do the new age believe? They believe there's no such thing as absolute truth, only our interpretation or our experience. And you should avoid anyone who claim to have absolute truth. This is a big no-no in the new age movement. There's no absolute truth in the new age movement. Goodness and beauty are also determined by subjective individual. Since we're all partakers of divine cosmic conscience, there's no higher standard that we must submit to. Okay. So think of a, a dance where everybody's dancing to their own music, okay? Christianity believes there is an absolute truth, goodness and beauty that has always existed no matter what or no matter how many people acknowledge them. This is because all of the reality is built upon God, the eternal creator who God, who himself is true, good and beautiful. This means that there's universal logic, universal morality and desire to worship inherent in all of creation. An inherent desire to worship something rather than remaining an abstract principle, truth, came into the world as a person, Jesus Christ. Think of a dance where everybody is dancing to a unified symphony and there's a conductor himself who steps down and enters the dance. That's Christianity. We're all dancing to the same beat of the same drum and that's the teaching of Jesus. John 14, 6, write this down. Jesus told them, this, this completely shatters all new age. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
Nobody comes through to God. Nobody gets through. The only way to get to the Father, the only way to get to God is through Jesus. There is no other way. There's no special way. There's no enlightenment. There's no road to enlightenment. You must repent, believe what Jesus has done. That's the only way to get to the Father. So anyone that tries to tell you there's another way, you can do this, you can enlighten yourself through meditating on this, is preaching another way. John 17, 17. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. So here we have Jesus, the only way, and your word, which is truth. The word of God, the words of Jesus are truth. There's no other way. Authority. New Age believes there's no higher authority that we must submit to. Um, they disregard all authority. God is not going to tell me what to do. I don't need permission or instruction on how to live my life. I can live however I want to live. Christianity believes we submit to God's authority and it's ultimate. God has created us. He owns us. And therefore, we are not free to do whatever we like. And this is true for Christians, not only made by God, but also redeemed by sins. We are not our own. So it doesn't matter whether you're Christian or not. You're not your own. You did not make you, did not, you did not create you. And as Christians, we submit ourselves to God and we pray that God's will be done in our life. First Corinthians 6, 19. Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Matthew 6.10, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May your will be done. I'm not my own. I'm all yours, God. We're almost done here with the new age to Christian. Morality and justice. There's no defined morality in the new age. In fact, the idea of being right or wrong is an illusion. We simply seek to love one another because we're all connected. Therefore, people should not be punished for doing wrong things. Christianity says there's an absolute standard of morality and justice because there's divine lawgiver, God, and be made in God's image, human beings are meant to live in a way that accurately represents goodness, truth, and beauty. And because God is totally pure, he judges evil and judges those that ignore his law. So this is the major differences. First Peter 1.16, scripture says you must be holy because I'm holy. So there is a standard. Salvation. New Age believes there's no such thing as sin or higher God with whom we're to be reconciled with. And they believe that it's all centered on the individual enlightenment of the person. It's a therapeutic kind of salvation, being freed from the anxieties and desires of this illusionary world and realizing our true potential. Salvation is achieved by works of our own strength and discipline to pursue enlightenment, which is why you're going to see extreme dedication when people get into enlightenment. Christianity teaches Salvation is from the Lord, and since all have sinned against God, whom they were made, they have offended his holiness and generosity and deserve to be punished. But God, being rich in mercy, devised a way to pay the penalty of our sins and forgive his rebellious children. And in this way, he sends Jesus, who took on flesh, became a man, lived a righteous, law-abiding life, never sinned, but suffered a sinner's death as if he was guilty." Now those who put their faith in Christ and submit to him as Lord can receive his record of righteous living and the payment for their sins and his death being achieved, thus making them right with God. Therefore, salvation is all by grace, all by God's work, not our own. We simply believe. Salvation is a product of grace. It is a product of believing. We don't earn it. We can't do anything to get it. It's by faith. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be a sin offering, so that we may be right with God through Christ. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So now you see here, 
that 15 minutes of the differences that new age and Christianity don't mix. They're completely different. And the only way that someone could state that these two religions are compatible is to ignore what they actually teach. So anybody that says new age and Christianity can coexist, they don't truly believe what new age teaches or what Christianity teaches. And there's a lot of new age practices that are being embraced by the church. There's so much mixture in the body. Second Kings 1733 says, and though they worship the Lord, they continue to follow their own gods according to the religious customs of the nations which they came from. So this is still going on today. They justify the fact that they're indulging in darkness and spiritual practices by we worship God. So in Second Kings, it says, and although they worship the Lord, they also followed their own gods and their own customs. So if we claim to worship God and follow our own customs, our own laws, our own spirituality and our own idols, then we are lying and we're not truly following God. We need to remove the mixture. Let's go over some popular new age practices that you must avoid and some new age practices that are happening in the church. Not every one of these has infiltrated the church, but many of them have. Number one, if you're taking notes, is the law of attraction, okay? The law of attraction is a pseudoscience based on the belief that positive or negative thoughts bring positive or negative experiences into a person's life. The, the belief is based on the ideas and that people and their thoughts are made from pure energy and that a process of like energy attract, attracting like energy exists through which a person can improve their health, wealth, and personal relationships. This is what we you hear all the time in the culture. We're going to manifest something. Type one if you've heard that. We're going to manifest money. We're going to manifest a lot of celebrities are into this. So they'll write the same thing down over and over. They'll think about it over and over. And they believe that they're manifesting that the law of attraction means if I put good energy out into the universe, good things are going to come out my way. And so people say things like, oh, good vibes, release good vibes over you. I'm going to give out positive energy. Oh man, no negative energy here. Listen, there's times where I want to say, oh man, that's a vibe or that's a positive vibe, but it doesn't sit right in my spirit saying that because it's a new age term, positive energy, positive vibes. These are new age terms. And you might be innocent by saying, oh, that's a vibe or these are good vibes. Just, and I'm not saying you're going to get a demon by saying it, but just know these are new age terms saying good vibes. I'm going to put out good energy. I don't need good vibes. I don't need to send you good energy. We need God to intervene in our life and to move in our life. So I don't need good energy. I need the Holy Spirit. I don't need good vibes. I need the power of God. And so get out of that whole good vibe, sending good energy, sending good vibes, no negative energy, no negative vibes. This is new age talk. So they believe if I send out good thoughts or they'll say, or, you know, let's send good thoughts to this family because so-and-so passed away. Let's know. We don't do that. We don't need to send out good thoughts into the universe or pray to the universe. They believe if you pray to the universe, then good things are going to happen to you. Meanwhile, they don't acknowledge God. They don't give God credit and they don't realize that all good things come from God. The Bible. Oh, come on. Help me preach tonight. Lord, we just hit 4,000 share of this. The Bible never, not in one verse, one sentence, never refers to God as the universe. Not one time. God is not the universe. God is the creator of the universe. And what you see in the new age is they constantly go to creation instead of creator. So when you ask the universe to provide for you, you're actually participating in idol worship, which the Bible explicitly speaks against. Exodus 34, 14, do not worship any other gods for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. Be careful not to make a treaty with those who live in the land for when they prostitute themselves to their gods and sacrifice to them, they'll invite you to eat at their sacrifices. And when you choose some of their daughters as wives, 
your sons and those daughters prostitute themselves to their gods. They will lead your sons to do the same. Do not make any idols. First Corinthians 12, one. Now about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except the Holy Spirit. Jeremiah 2.5, this is what the Lord says. What fault did your ancestors find in me that they strayed so far away? They followed idols, worthless idols, and became worthless themselves. So when you see this, people have always longed to worship the universe. They've always longed to worship idols and other things. This is all law of attraction, new age. People who believe in the law of attraction also believe they tap into what they call source energy. And this helps them manifest desires and dreams. According to Esther um, Hicks, a medium who channels a group of conscience from the non-physical dimension she calls Abraham says that source energy is conscience enough to focus, create, and attract. We are, excuse me, we are fortunate enough to be able to consciously apply our own will to direct source energy and attract what we want. It is intimately and definitely always responding to your requests no matter how great or how small they are deemed to be or anyone who's observing them there's nothing so big that source energy can't get its thoughts around and there's nothing so small that source energy isn't willing to get its thought so they believe that there's an actual source energy and you can channel this by meditation enlightenment and all these other things this idea is called pantheism pantheism is a belief that god is everything and everyone and that everyone and everything is god for example a fish is god sky is god you are god but remember, we are made in the image of God, but we are not God. Now, the question is, is it okay to practice law of attraction as Christians? And the answer is no. There's a ton of verses where God says, ask me and I will give you, but he never says go to the universe or go to source energy. Now, there is a biblical principle called you'll reap what you sow, but that's much, much different than source energy or the law of attraction. So the law of attraction is a new age practice. Okay, second new age practice that the church is getting involved in is meditation. This is another big one. The issue, hear me loud and clear tonight, is not meditation. It's what do you meditate on? What you think about, what you focus on. New age meditation is the act of being still and tapping into your subconscious mind and connecting to your source energy. Um, this is supposed to make you more self-aware, more spiritual. Christian meditation, okay, is to focus on God in scripture to bring about, about real transformation. So new agers meditate on themselves. Christians meditate on God. That's the difference. Are we allowed to meditate? Let me, let me, let's look at the Bible and ask the Bible. Joshua 1.8. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Wow, that's a good word. Psalm 1-1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates. Are you guys seeing this? On his law day and night, that person's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit um, in season and whose leaves do not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So Joshua says, whatever you do will prosper if you meditate on the uh, the law, on the Lord day and night, the book of the law. Psalm says, everything you do prospers if you meditate on the Lord. Psalms 119.15, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Philippians 4.8, this is a good one. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's admirable, lovely, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things or meditate on these things. So is meditation wrong? 
No, it's what are you meditating on? The New Age movement meditates on self for enlightenment. Christianity meditates on God and the word. Yoga. Yoga. Number three, is yoga demonic? Absolutely. The word yoga means union, and the goal is to unite one's transitory or temporary self with the infinite Brahman, the Hindu concept of God. So Brahman is the Hindu concept of God, and in yoga, literally the word means union with Brahman, union with God, and of course not the God we serve, a false God. Um, so you might say, well, it's not a big deal. I'm just doing it with good intentions. It's, it's for fun. But if you're sitting under a yoga teacher, a guru, or somebody that does traditional yoga, you're opening do the door to spirits. It's like playing Ouija board and saying, oh, I don't really mean to conjure spirits. I'm doing it for fun. It's still going to conjure spirits, whether you agree with it or not, or think it's okay or not. The devil doesn't care about your intentions. The yoga stances represent worship to certain Hindu gods. Now, some of you might say, well, I just want to stress, stretch then go ahead and stretch. You can bend down, stretch your arms, bend them like that. I'll show you some. Bend them to the side, put your elbow behind your neck like that. You can lift your leg up, hold your knee. I mean, there's so many stretches you can do without doing the triple flaming dragon, okay? I I'm making that up, but whatever names they are. The triple dog down. All these poses you do that are prayer stances of foreign gods, you can just stretch. So all you that say, I just need to stretch a certain pose. Really? You could stretch any muscle in your body without doing a triple flaming dragon, all right? I'm, I'm being funny about it, but seriously, yoga is demonic. Um, your yoga teacher may bow to the class with palms together, saying namaste, which means I bow to the divine in you. And this gesture done with, the, done with the hands is called a mudra. And according to the yoga journal, mudra means seal, gesture, or mark. Yoga mudra, uh, mudras, I'm probably saying it wrong, but who cares? Our symbolic gestures often practice with hands and fingers. They facilitate the flow of energy in the subtle body and they enhance your journey within. The gesture done with palms together is known as the prayer mudra and Anjali mudra in, Sansk uh, in Sanskrit. It is known as the heart seal. So this is literally sealing you. I ain't trying to get sealed by no demon, okay? The only thing I want to be sealed by is the Holy Spirit. I'd rather be sealed by the Holy Spirit, 2 Corinthians 1.21. Now he who establishes you is with you is with you in Christ and has anointed us as God who has also sealed us, marked us and giving us the Holy Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. That's what you want to be marked by. So Christian yoga, is it a thing? It's not a thing. There's no such thing as Christian yoga. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard about in my life. And all you that say, oh, I have a Christian yoga ministry. You have a Christian union with the false God ministry. Just say you have a Christian stretch ministry. You don't need to put yoga into it. Yoga is an open door to demonic spirits. Universalism, another new age practice that is very uh, crept into the church. This means all roads lead to God. All roads lead to heaven. Everybody is saved. And God is so loving that he never sent anyone to hell. There's no wrath. There's no hell. How could a loving God send anyone to hell? Romans 1.18. Are you ready? For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. John 3, 36. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. So absolutely, it is demonic. Universalism in the church, everyone loves, everything's fine, is demonic. Okay. How about this one? Crystals. Healing crystals. Have you guys seen this? It's very popular right now. Every event we've been doing, people are giving up their healing crystals, and it's very, very popular. And the argument is, because I don't want to just be biased, I want to give the argument. Well, God created crystals, brother. Yes, God did create crystals, absolutely. But God also created marijuana, but he didn't say to smoke it. God also created metal, 
but he didn't say turn the metal into a gun or a knife and kill people. So just because God created something doesn't mean we use that thing in the wrong way God intended. God did not create crystals so that we can shave them, put them on a necklace and an amulet, pray to false gods and pray that the crystal would bring healing to our bodies. That is absolutely demonic. Crystals are demonic. So just because God created something doesn't give us free reign to use it how we want to use it. Now, some people will say, well, why would God give us a plant and then not let us eat it or not let us smoke it? Well, go read book of Genesis. The very first thing God did was make a tree and tell them, don't eat off the tree I made. That'll preach right there. So crystals are definitely beautiful objects and they were definitely created by God. But remember, and in Revelation 21, the new Jerusalem will be constructed of crystal. But it's important to remember that the majority of people who promote crystals are involved in the occult and the occult means hidden. So 99% of crystals that are being sold and given as healing crystals are the occult. Now, listen to me closely here. If there's a lady at your church that is selling jewelry, that is not healing crystals, that is just simply jewelry, just like your wife has a diamond, my wife has a diamond. There's nothing wrong with wearing jewelry that has gemstones or crystals. That is not what I'm talking about. So don't go and throw all your jewelry away. That's crystals. I'm talking about crystals, amulets with the intention of bringing healing, with leveling out your vibrations and having healing power, okay? We're not talking about every jewelry and everything you have in your closet that's silver or gold. We are talking about amulets and, and crystals to bring healing. It's important to be aware of this, that most people that get involved in healing crystals are in the occult. Occultism concerns itself with the study and utilization of supernatural influences, powers, and uh, phenomenons that are normally hidden from the regular senses. Occultists believe that human beings and the world in which we live are permeated by invisible mystical energies. So these occultists believe there's these mystical energies all around us. And so what do I need these sacred crystals for? To normalize the energy. I need these talismans to bring physical healing, to level out my energies. In addition to involvement with crystal power, occultism is also involved in astrology, numerology, divination, tarot cards, psychic readings, mediumship, spirit channeling, Eastern religions, and all these other sorcery. So crystals are all part of that. What does God say about the involvement in the occult? Well, he warned the Israelites when they were about to enter the promised land out of land of Canaan in the Bible in Deuteronomy 18.9. When you enter the land, the Lord your God is giving you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, casts spells, mediums or spiritists or consulting the dead anyone who does these things is detestable to the lord so this is not new they were doing this before and god says it's detestable the use of sacred stones for mystical purposes was also common among the people of the bible they called these things amulets these were magical charms made in the form of small pendants that were attached to bracelets and necklaces and they were war worn to protect people from negative energy evil and injury and to bring good luck this is not new this was in the Bible, y'all. Let me show you this, okay? God warns against this. Ezekiel 13, 18, through tw uh, 13, 18, 20, and 21. Some of you have never heard this. Listen closely here. This is your Bible. I'm going to read right from the Bible here. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to the woman who sews magic charms on her wrists and makes veils of various lengths uh, um, in her, um, of their, for their heads in order to ensnare people. Will you ensnare the lives of my people but preserve your own? I am against your magic charms in which you ensnare people like birds. I will tear them from your arms. I will set free the people that you ensnare like birds. I will tear off your veils and save my people from your hands and they will no longer fall prey to your power. 
This is God saying they're making voodoo dolls, okay, making heads, these heads that they were making, voodoo dolls, and they're making amulets and magic crystals. And God says, my people are being in, are in bondage because you're snaring them with your magic. But the Lord says, I will deliver my people and your magic and your power will no longer be in effect against them. Okay, we know that miracle signs and wonders can also be done by Satan. 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 and 8. The coming, of the coming of the lawless one will bring in accordance the work of Satan displays and counterfeit miracle signs and wonders and in every sort of evil that deceives those that are perishing. So remember, in the last days, under the command of Satan and his principalities, demonic spirits are going to do signs and wonders and there's going to be a lot of miraculous signs and wonders done by demons. So stay away from crystals. You do not need a crystal to heal you you need god to heal you you don't need a crystal to protect you you need god to protect you you don't need a, cr a crystal to balance your vibrations or bring you good energy you need god to change you next tarot cards tarot cards and angel cards angel cards are becoming very popular several events we've done people have come and been doing angel cards at the events thinking that it's okay and i need to publicly say Angel cards are demonic. Angel cards and tarot cards are not okay. The history of tarot is debated between tarot historians and practice psychics. It seems to have been created as a card game in the 14th century and slowly evolved into a divination tool. Two famous French occultists, Jean-Baptiste um, Alliot and, uh, how do I say this name, Antoine Court, are typically credited for popularizing tarot cards in Paris in the 1800s. Tarot card readers have become specialized since and have commonly used for psychic readings um, and also angel cards and also oracle cards. Angel cards are another format of tarot cards or oracle cards and most angel card decks, they have a specific message and a specific reading and they're used to bring upon gentle guidance, the website says, and they're bringing angels from the angelic realms ascended masters fairies and goddesses and supernatural entities so these are demonic that's right from their website do not get involved in angel cards angel boards basically what is an angel board an angel board is like a ouija board but you let the angels guide you you let god guide you angel boards are demonic angel cards are demonic used to be really popular like five to eight years ago thankfully it's not so popular anymore but there's still a lot of you that do it astral projection what does the Bible say about astral projection? A lot of people turn to witchcraft for supernatural experiences. First Samuel 28, 6. I talked about this. I have a whole video on astral projection. Um, Saul was inquiring with the Lord, got a medium, got a witch to come and try to evoke Samuel so that he can speak to the prophet. Astral projection is a new age practice. It's infiltrating the church and it's um, a name given of experience of leaving one's astral body, separating yourself from the physical body, also called the eth etheric body or the spirit body and or basically the human soul and the, the part of you that animates you, makes you feel, make you think, leaving that and going into the spirit realm. So your soul, your ethereal soul, which is what they call it, disconnects from your body where you can roam in the spirit realm many people call this out of body experiences again this is not biblical people in the church are teaching how to do this how to come out of your spiritual body and go into the second heaven this is demonic do not try to leave your body do not try to get involved in astral projection now are out of body experiences biblical yes there was out of body experiences in the bible ezekiel 3 14 says the spirit lifted me up and took me away ezekiel 8 3 the spirit of the lord lifted me between heaven and earth and brought me visions ezekiel 11 24 and the spirit of the lord lifted me up and brought me in a vision so these are out of body experiences now what is the key here what is the key in every out of body experience in the bible you guessed it god initiates the out of body experience can god take you out of your body and and show you something well paul said i saw paradise paul actually saw heaven so god took paul out of his body 
showed him heaven. Yes, God can do that. So out-of-body experiences are real, but the difference is when I initiate them and when God initiates them. So when I initiate them, that's astral projection. When God initiates them, that could be a dream, a vision, a trance. I've been in out-of-body experiences before and God initiated. I didn't ask for it. I didn't want it. I was praying and all of a sudden I fell over and God took me into the second heaven. I saw demons all over throwing people off of cliffs and they were the most grotesque. I can still remember them vividly right now. Grotesque creatures I've ever seen. I was, I thought I was up there for like two minutes and I came back to my body. I woke up in the prayer meeting. It was about 30 to 40 minutes had lapsed. And God said, that's the second heaven. Those are real demons that you saw that are tormenting real people on the earth. And they're doing it from the second heaven. That's where the devil roams. He's the prince of the power of the air. Satan's kingdom is in the air. It is not in hell. So that was an out-of-body experience I had. Did I ask for it? No. Did I make it happen? Did I say, Lord, let me bring my spirit out? No. God brought my spirit out of my body showed me the second heaven and then brought me back to my body it was god doing it not me i didn't ask for it didn't pray for it and i don't i don't ever want to go back there because it was terrifying but it showed me the reality of the supernatural realm okay so astral projection is real this is an excerpt from stephen bankars's book where he talks about astral projection i'm going to read you this portion here it says anyone in the new age has a lot of experience with astral projection and is well aware that it's not all fun and games to be outside of your body while it's often advertised as a free floaty experience it's also common knowledge that the astral realm is filled with demons these entities are called trickster entities or negative astral entities instead of demons they bear the same traits and behaviors books articles and videos on astral projection usually provide a list of ways we can protect ourselves against attacks such as visualizing white light or loving the demons so they leave us alone or speaking positive affirmations before we go to bed a big hint often offered is to make sure we aren't operating from a place of fear since fear attracts demons. This is what the new age believes. The demons aren't the cause of our fear. They're a response to our fear. These sources also coach us into thinking that demons can only do what we allow them to do. But none of this is true. Stephen says the internet is filled with testimonies of those who've been tormented by demons on a regular basis while outside their body. Both authors of this book have had several astral projection experiences against our will, even though I, Steve, was taking the suggested protective measures. Some examples might occur while you're out of body are demons posing as spirit guides, demons violating you, tormenting you, demons mocking God, having been read the Bible while being tormented, demons disguising themselves as romantic partners and significant people, demons paralyzing you against your own will, um, astral parasites, which are demons that attach themselves to some level of your soul and enter the body as a person returns to the natural realm. In a nutshell, what are we saying? That if you try to get yourself out of your body, and you try to make yourself, you know, go into the spirit realm, it's demonic. It's not of God. Astral projection is demonic. Do not do it. It's not of God. Do not try to go out of your body. If God takes you out into a, a trance or a vision like he did in the Bible, then that's okay. But do not try to take yourself out of your body. Do not pray that I want my spirit to leave my body and do these. These are new age. These are demonic. Again, Jesus is the only way. We should not be praying for God to take us out of our body. Okay, I have some more stuff to talk about. I have a video on my channel of the Enneagram, which I want you guys to check out because I don't want to take the time to do it here because I want to bring on my guests. So let me bring on my guests now. If you're watching, let me turn my AirPods on here. Looks like we're good to go. Let's get my AirPods going here. We're going to bring on our guest now who was once a new ager. Come on, please tell me this is going to work. Please tell me this is going to work. Uh, let's see. Give me one second, guys. My headphones are now not connecting, but my guests could get ready here. I'm going to call him. Oh, there we go. Are we working? Yes, please work. Please work. 
All right, guys, pray this works. Okay, it looks like we're working here. I'm going to call my guest, and we're going to bring him on, and he's going to share with us. He was an ex-yoga teacher, new age, big time in the new age movement, traveled, and he's going to share with us not only his journey out of the new age, but some of these new age things here. All right, so here we go. We're going to call him. Thank you, Lord, that this is going to work in Jesus' name. What is up, bro? Can you hear me? Let's see. Let me see. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Let me fix my thing here. Hmm. Input. Check, check. Can you hear me now? Yep. Awesome. Okay. Uh, we're doing this on the fly, guys. Here we go. All right. So my guest, awesome, awesome, powerful man of God, was a certified yoga instructor deep into psychics and mediums, used psychedelic drugs to explore consciousness, travel throughout Asia, seeking spiritual truth and enlightenment. But after witnessing the true power of Christ over demonic beings and knew it, realized that new age abilities had no power on him and gave his life to Jesus, my guest tonight, Everett. Bro, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you so much for being on tonight. Thank you, Isaiah. Thank you for having me. I got to say that teaching for somebody who hasn't been in the new age is insane. That was so sound and just so complete on so many aspects of the new age that I really haven't heard from somebody who has, actually hasn't been in it. So I got to say, that was a really, really good teaching on the Thank new age. Thank you so much, bro. You know, I really felt God just a couple days ago speak to me because I was going to teach on the book of Acts and say, I want you to expose the new age movement because there's a lot of people in the chat right now, a lot of people watching that watch your stuff, my stuff that are still dabbling in new age. And then I was thinking, okay. And then I'm like, well, I've never had any guest on the teach on a Monday night. And then I thought I got to bring on Everett. You have the experience, the testimony. I came out of atheism, right? I was raised in church. I was an atheist. I didn't dabble in this supernatural aspect of the new age. I know that you were a yoga instructor, which I definitely want you to touch on yoga. For those I barely touched on it, you could expand a bit on it. But yeah, definitely, man, um, share your testimony with us. I also want to announce, guys, that next week I'm bringing Everett on for an entire podcast on the new age. We're going to expose it again next week on Tuesday. He'll share his full testimony in length. But tonight I want him to touch on that, share some of the testimony, and then maybe some thoughts. And then you heard my teaching right now. So the things that maybe loose ends, feel free to tie them up, bro. Feel free to even hit on some of the things I hit on and add to them because again i don't have experience being in the new age but i know you do so man the floor is yours feel free yeah so i was actually atheist as well i grew up atheist my whole household was wow. atheist had no christian upbringing didn't go to church didn't know the bible until literally three years ago so wow. i was just into sports i went to high school i was partying i started smoking weed i had that whole lifestyle you know my friends are into drugs and all this stuff, but we're still, you know, doing, doing school and doing life. So that was my lifestyle. And I got introduced to the spiritual through new age things. And it all really began when I started asking deeper questions, when I, you know, became a teenager, started smoking weed later than all my friends. I thought I wasn't going to, but I had a horrible back injury in football, fractured a vertebrae. So I literally couldn't do what I used to love to do. So I started smoking weed. Instantly, I had this fascination with spiritual things. And this is a really wow. big thing about weed too, the origins of weed and how yes. Hinduism actually used cannabis. It's called bang. They would drink cannabis to contact these deities from Hinduism. Well, I instantly got into Eastern religions. I started researching a lot into Buddhism and the psychology uh, of different uh, psychologists who take those principles of mindfulness and meditation. And I was fascinated with this stuff because it seemed like there was a lot of healing there. It seemed like there was a lot of answers to mental health problems. And wow. I've always wanted to help people, help people heal. And I've cared for people in that way. And I viewed that as 
a part of my quest, a part of my journey for truth and healing. So the new age is basically all these Eastern religions and all these psychological and scientific ways of describing it that kind of lure you in with an intellectual mind. So that was me. I would smoke weed. I would feel so spiritual. I'd research all these things. I would meditate for hours. And I felt like I was getting actually psychic abilities. Wow. That I was actually channeling like a higher wisdom or a higher self or a higher intuition to be able to give advice to people, life advice, counsel that I thought would actually benefit them that I was channeling into like you were teaching on the source energy and and the you know the true uh, vibration many times it's the the terminology raise your vibration so you can reach the highest state, the highest frequency, which is pure love, and we both know that's jesus christ and but I thought I was doing good. I was I was really fascinated with all the aspects of the spiritual teachings of Buddhism and then yoga, which like you said is to be yoked to. And so this was my life. I had a a normal life. I was going to school, I was in athletics, I was going to parties, but a part of me was so fascinated with this stuff and I felt like I was actually coming out of atheism and getting into my spiritual side having a spiritual awakening. So this is the initiation of most New Agers. I actually thought I was sort of being reborn in a way because that terminology is used as well. You know, Satan has a counterfeit for every single thing that is according to the truth in God's timeline. Ascension to the 5D is actually the rapture of the New Age. They believe they're going to ascend to the 5D, to the higher state of consciousness, and that Jesus Christ coming back is really just one of the religion's ways of actually trying to describe this phenomenon that us more advanced humans with science and modern stuff can understand more completely. And many of the teachers of this, you read in their books, they've actually had entities that guide them in their sleep, in their dreams, that gave them this quest and this uh, uh, mission in life to bring these teachings. So it's just like the book of Timothy says, doctrines of demons. And you mentioned even Abraham and Esther Hicks. That's a huge new age teacher right there who is very, very well known and literally channels a spirit and speaks to thousands of people. Pure doctrine about the nature of reality, like you've said about the source energy tapping in. So I thought this stuff was a little bit crazy. You know, I was more into the psychology, more into the mindfulness at first, but then I started seeing real supernatural stuff like monks in Tibet who would light things on fire with their minds and be out in the woods for wilderness for, you know, 80 days supposedly not eating and drinking, living for many, many years, supernatural stuff that I considered, okay, yeah, like maybe this is true if it is, I want to live this. I want to spread this. I want people to know the truth because it seems like people are getting dumbed down and there's a big force trying to dumb people down and suppress people from actually achieving and reaching the truth. So my my intention was to maximize life. And I was reading self-help books, you know, stuff like Tony Robbins, a lot of others, Think and Grow Rich. Um, which is actually in the end of his book, Think and Grow Rich, is one of the biggest business self-help books. He talks about going into this meditation, contacting the deceased, like Abraham Lincoln, like uh, Carnegie, like other uh, people that he looked up to to receive counsel and advice from them. But that was the last, last chapter. He's actually very spiritual. So there's a lot of sources to these self-help things that are not of God and not of the truth. But I was very into this. I got into college. I was studying business administration, but my heart was here. My heart was with these spiritual things. And I ended up giving up weed. I was smoking weed almost daily for four years. And I didn't like drinking as much, but I would still party. We threw parties at my... Uh, 
our, our house that we had in college. But I realized I want to go the spiritual, I want to go the spiritual path. I want to live the spiritual life, you know, of, of, you know, what it means. Like all this stuff, it's not giving any life. It's more depression. It's fake relationships. It's, you know, all these types of things that don't really give any fulfillment. I want to seek the truth. And the truth at this point in my life was exploring consciousness, exploring what's out there in the world. You know, I traveled all the way to Asia to learn from a Qigong master, which you think of yoga and that's Hinduism. Qigong is the Taoism. That's the Taoist practice. It's cultivating your energy, different movements, different exercises to align yourself with the universe. And, you know, actually, praise God, this guy got injured and I had to go down to Thailand. And I lived in Thailand and I studied in Muay Thai martial arts and in yoga. Shortly after that, I got certified as a yoga instructor by Yoga Alliance, which is the National Institute of Certification. And you people think that, oh, yoga, that's all just uh, stretching and exercise. I'm totally fine. Like, yeah, some people might be more spiritual. That's not me. Well, actually, to be a yoga teacher, when you're taking these classes, the yoga teacher, if they're certified by the Yoga Alliance, they have to learn the basics of Hinduism, the Vedas, which is like the Bible of Christianity. The Vedas is the Bible of Hinduism. And a part of the Vedas is called the Upanishads, which outlines the entire spiritual doctrines of yoga. So you think of the book of Proverbs within the Bible. This is like the Upanishads in the Vedas. All of yoga, merging yourself with the, de the deity Brahman, which is the God consciousness. It's this idea that we actually are God. We've just forgotten it. And our individual personalities are an illusion. This is also Buddhism as well. And it leads people into a mental psychosis. And it did me as well. I thought I was seeking healing. I thought I was getting these things. But deep down, there was this inherent sense of this doesn't seem or feel right, that everything's an illusion, that my identity is an illusion. You need to transcend yourself to reach the true source state of consciousness at the beginning, which is just a vibration. That's why they chant Om, because they believe that was a source vibration, and that's actually what you are technically. But you have to transcend, you have to go back in time in your consciousness to remember that spark of creation and then you realize who you truly are. So you're striving hours. I was meditating hours. My friends meditating hours trying to reach this state of consciousness. And when you don't meditate for four hours or you don't do a fast, I was fasting for a week on water for these purposes, also for physical health purposes as well. But it's very, you know, rigorously spiritual. There's such a, there's such a, you know, asceticism to the New Agers. And you're fasting, you're meditating hours a day trying to reach the state of consciousness because every single person in all these religions know that sin or something is wrong with the world. There's suffering that they want to break out of, you know? And all of them talk about suffering, breaking out of the cycle of suffering, breaking out of the cycle of reincarnation, they believe. And Buddha is supposedly actually still technically alive, that he came back and his name is Dalai Lama, the 14th Dalai Lama. And actually all the kids, when they selected the Dalai Lama, who they believe is the incarnation of the original Buddha, they know everything about the previous Dalai Lama. They're seven years old, but they know 99 out of 100 possessions that they own, desires that they had, things they didn't like, exact knowledge because there's very powerful demons operating in these false religions because they're like machines to take souls out of the truth and into eternal damnation. 
universalists who believe, oh, everyone's going to heaven. You know, we're just going to keep living a life until we reach the highest state of consciousness. No, that's not what Jesus talked about. It's not what he said. He says, those on my left hand will go into everlasting destruction, you know, and there is eternal punishment and the righteous will inherit eternal life. So yeah, if you do believe in the Bible and the word of God, these do not mix. Not every religion is the same. That's another aspect of the new age that needs to be touched on. But so my mind was here and I actually didn't know anything about the Bible. I still didn't even like research Jesus or who he truly was or what the Bible said. I really thought Adam and Eve, the whole Bible was an outdated fairy tale that not many people were actually believing in because I didn't meet many Christians. You know, I didn't have any Christian friends. I didn't have a family who was Christian. I just thought it was like this outdated dogmatic religion trying to suppress people's consciousness that it was uh, manipulated at the Council of Nisai when the, the Catholic Church and Rome made it the official religion that the secret texts were taken out, which show us how to reach our divine state of consciousness that Christ reached, which is the Christ consciousness, and that he was actually teaching people how to yourself reach the state of consciousness he reached. Not that he's actually genetically different than all of us and was born of a virgin straight from God, is the son of God and died and resurrected. I didn't even, I didn't even know the actual gospel, but the Lord was, uh, was guiding me and I began to have these kind of weird coincidences that I thought actually the universe was guiding me to study Christianity. I thought the universe was guiding me to study these things. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to research this stuff. I'm going to go with this guy and and he's going to teach me the Bible and he was trying to convert me, but I'm like trying to actually get him out of his deception and learning the basics, the wages of sin is death and Jesus lived a perfect sinless life. He died on the cross that you know, all who believe in him might be saved and just the basics of Christianity so I could get an idea of the deception that I believed so I could help them reach their true state. Because what most people believe and what I believed is that the idea of God or the idea of this personal Jesus is just a figment of the imagination that brings a sense of hope and it brings a sense of I am loved and I have like a best friend. So it's something, it's almost like a, you're capping out. If you're on the spiritual journey, there's so much suffering, there's so much isolation, you're seen as a weirdo if you go deep into the new age. So you see people who who tap out on that and who just believe in the Bible as almost, oh, okay, they couldn't quite go all the way. And you kind of feel bad for them. Like, oh, he must have had a bad acid trip and now he believes in Jesus just so he can have some security in life. Good for him until he starts, you know, encroaching on my ways. Then it's people really hate religion. But so I didn't know anything about this and I started seeing demons. I started seeing spiritual beings. I started having dreams that certain people had demons and thoughts that, they, this person was having very weird thoughts and later would get confirmed. And I'm like, okay, my, my psychic abilities are awakening. This is what I've been desiring. This is what I've been meditating for. You know, I want to be an entity removal specialist like a lot of these new agers are. And um, so I was fascinated with it. But I saw this guy on YouTube, Bob Larson, casting out demons with a cross in his hand. And I'm like, man, this guy has supernatural abilities. And I wanted to have those supernatural abilities. And long story short of my testimony, I end up witnessing some demonic things that, you know, my powers, my light, my meditation, my exploration of consciousness, my ascension literally did nothing. They were arrogant. They were just evilly smirking. And I wanted to know where the power actually is. You know, what actually is this? schizophrenia is it scientific is it bipolar is it dissociative identity are these demons actually inhabiting people 
And, and if so, this is a huge answer to depression, suicide, anxiety, all these different things I've been seeing and seeking to help other people with. So I go, I see Bob Larson, I meet with him one-on-one. -on -one. He thinks he's gonna cast some demons out of a Christian who's, who's needing some deliverance. Little does he know I'm this huge new ager and we go into a 45 minute debate back and forth on everything we just, you just taught on tonight. And he's just refuting. He has an encyclopedia on he's all alternative spirit. On yeah. religions, dude, genius. Yeah. Absolute genius. And I really came out of that like, whoa, what do I actually believe? Cause like you said in the beginning, there's so many different facets of the new age. They all don't actually align. And when you realize that and you're in that position, you have those beliefs, then you realize, whoa, I actually have nothing I'm founded upon. But there's this whole idea of open-mindedness is the God. Open-mindedness is to be worshiped. It's like a virtue, like you're compassionate if you're open-minded because you truly know nothing. And there's all these Chinese proverbs where true intelligence is understanding your ignorance and these things that get saturated in people's spirit to have explanations for basic deceptions that the devil has on their mind. But I got saved. I weeped and wailed for a very long time with Bob and four of his ministers just crying. And I experienced actually the nature of my soul, all of this greed, all of this deceit, all of this uh, lust that was in me. I was thinking I was some great person making these affirmations. I'm great. I'm, wow. you know, I'm loving, I'm pure, I'm holy. And you're affirming, you're meditating on this. Yet the light of Christ, when it's shined on you, you see that you're a sinner and you're naked before him. And I felt like that. But then this instant forgiveness, this instant love that had been with me my whole life, trying to bring me to him. And I was weeping and wailing like a, like a baby. Literally, I felt like I was a little kid having a tan temper tantrum. Just I hadn't remembered that how much I've cried. And I leave and I go weeping in my car for an hour. And the next day I get a Bible and I start studying the word. I didn't even know what a Gentile was. I didn't even Come know what on, these basic bro. things were. And, you know, you go to churches and people think you're crazy coming mm -hmm. out of this stuff. They don't even talk supernatural. They don't even believe that Jesus cast out demons that we do today. You know, they think actually many demons are a figment of the imagination. Jesus yep. wasn't even casting them out. And I'm like, whoa, okay, this is, I did not know this about the nature of the church. I thought anyone who believed in Jesus Christ as God was like, you know, boom, they're, they're, in, they're in it. They're aware, they're, they're awake. And finally I'm here. But, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, man, okay, I feel like a weirdo telling my testimony and how dramatic it was and how much supernatural stuff I was engaged in. And it was, but it was witnessing the power of God that really made me understand that Jesus Christ and his authority over demons led to this woman I saw publicly get, boom, instantly healed. And the level of just freedom. And she was praising God instantly. And it was just, bam, miraculous. And I was like, man, it takes people three years of doing that meditation and yep, this method yep. and, and, and fasting and cleansing of the auras and the chakras and, and energy blockages and having Reiki healing. But then, boom. A demon that came in this many generations ago, causing all this divorce, gone. Because the authority of Christ and the believer. And I, I didn't believe that Jesus was God, but he was an enlightened man. That all goes to say, this whole new age deception that I was in is so deceptive because of the way that it brands itself as a modern, new, enlightened yes. version of ancient spiritualities. So you and I, Isaiah, all of us in the chat, we're all believing in this 2,000-year-old book yep. that science has 
proven wrong time and time again. That's what you believe growing up. You don't actually get the whole gamut of the scientific discoveries of the scientific consensus on the Bible because science actually proves the Bible. Science proves the truth. And you think evolution, you came from an ape. So you're thinking these things about Christianity when you're in the new age that it's outdated and that these newer things like Stephen Bancar, as you mentioned, he was an actual writer of a very famous website called Spirit Science in the new age. And you're writing about the elevation of consciousness, the frequency and, and, and Nikola Tesla and the energies that you can harness through the bioconductivity of your body because our bodies are bioconductive and there's subtle energy fields. And you get into Qigong, which is manifesting and, and cycling these energies and the chakras in yoga too. That's a huge aspect with crystals because the reason you would take a crystal is to balance your chakras when you're mm. in the new age. It's not just healing and financial blessing and love life and stuff, but the colors of it, they have different associations with the chakras and each chakra has different associations with your life. So the root chakra is basic survival instinct. The, the sacral chakra is your sexual energy, your sexual power. Uh, the heart chakra is your love for all things and it's green and the third eye as well, which you seek to awaken through these practices. These chakras are associated with the crystals and they're also associated with the meditations, but all of it is to reach the state of consciousness of max divinity, like you said, Isaiah. And it's a massive deception because we can't reach that. You know, we can be reconciled to God by the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross, but we ourselves are not Jesus. You are not Jesus. And people who take mushrooms and psychedelics, I was deep into psychedelics, deep into DMT. DMT. All started from weed, you said. All started from weed. I never thought. Because there's a lot of people in the chat that say weed's not a big deal. It's just, it's, oh. no big, it's not an open door. It's just, and uh, that was where you started this whole journey. The whole journey. And I thought I was going to go in the cannabis industry, maybe. I thought it was healing. I thought there was these great properties. I was getting led on for four plus years, but deep down, you know, something's wrong. Deep down, mm. my friends who are in it want to quit and you get into a deep convo with them and they want to quit, but then they just get back into the state where they keep doing it. It's actually very demonic. In the ancient sages in Hinduism, they took cannabis mm. religiously. This is where a lot of the doctrine of yoga and Hinduism came from, these divine experiences. And one of the biggest psychedelic teachers, his name is Terence McKenna. He actually taught a theory that Hinduism and the worshiping of the cow was because a specific psychedelic mushroom would actually grow in the feces of this cow. Wow. And they would take this mushroom and receive divine revelation. And they talked about these different things they use. And for people who think that you can take psychedelics and that you came closer to God on a mushroom trip, I'm telling you right now, not a single man in the Bible took any substance to alter their consciousness to know God more. Never. If wow. you think you're knowing God, it's not God. And I can tell you so much of my identity was put on me through these psychedelic trips because these psychedelic trips are so powerful. You forget mm. so much about your life and your identity has changed in an instant, in, in, a, in four hours of a massive trip. And you think that you communicated with these angels and these divine beings and these entities and what you're called to do. And many people I've met, because I have videos on this, they think that it's God, that they came closer to yep. God. 
And Isaiah, just like your whole ministry is about, it's because they don't grow up in a church yep. that actually understands the power of the Holy Spirit. They think it's all just the Logos word of God in the Bible, not the actual Rima word of God, which is God, our creator, speaking to us directly. You can have a direct relationship Come with on. God, not just through the priest, like the Catholic Church tried to dominate for hundreds of years, wouldn't even let people read the Bible, you get burned at the stake. And, wow. and so... People who grow up in that, they get into these psychedelic experiences because you listen to Joe Rogan on his podcast Come on. talking about these massive experiences he's having with the supernatural and these entities. And you're like, man, I don't got any of this. I haven't seen any of that. And it's so invigorating to the curiosity, invigorating to the soul who's actually curious for the truth. So there's so much. To impact, and I want to say opening that door again, you don't know what demons it's like if you open the front door in the summertime. You don't get to say, all right, fly, come in. All right, bee, come in. All right, ants, come in. You don't get to choose what comes through the door. If you leave the door open, whatever's out there is going to come in that door. And you have all of these spirits out there that, you know, they impersonate angels and even the Enneagram, which I was going to touch on. I'll touch on another stream. That whole start, that all started from an angel named Metron that came to a man on a drug trip and came and taught him about the Enneagram and this and the personalities and horoscopes. All these things come from spirits, demonic spirits interacting with humans on a drug trip or on this. And even when it comes to like, I had a friend, one of my old best friends, best friends, played the Ouija board two or three times, right? Had a little boy, a spirit, it was obviously a demonic spirit, but it was a little boy, follow him around for over a year. He could not get rid of this little boy. Everywhere he went, this little boy, where is he going to go? Is he going to go to the church? Hey, uh, I have a, a spiritual little boy that followed me home from playing Ouija board and I can't get rid of him. He harasses me. But here's the thing, guys. When you start dabbling, there's 5,000 people watching right now. And a lot of you in the chat dabble in this stuff because because you want God. You want, I get it. You want a supernatural and you're not finding it in church or in prayer. So you go to these things. But I'm telling you, friend, do not go to these things for supernatural experiences because you're going to get demons. You're going to get things attached to your life. And I, I think that some people call them invaders. Like some people in the new age call them invaders or they la they say mm -hmm. that they're latch ons. Like they latch onto you in astral projecting. Yep. But the point of it, guys, all the names are, these are demonic spirits that don't need your permission, that don't need you to say, oh, you could attack me now. If you open the door, they will come in forcefully. They will come in violently. If you guys have ever read the book, he came to set the captives free. One of the brides of Satan, she was turning her back on Satan and these demons would come and literally torture her for days and days. And that's when she started to leave it because she said, man, these things are throwing me around like a ragdoll, torturing me. And they're not even asking my permission. They're going to literally end up killing me. And so I think the devil overplays his hand and he does this to people and then they end up coming out of that. But let me ask you this ever. I know next week we're going to go really into detail on a lot of this stuff and we'll answer questions in the chat because there's so many people typing questions. I meet a lot of people that come out of new age or come out of any of these occults, right? That we were talking about earlier and they have such a hard time in chat. You know what I'm going to say here? They have such a hard time getting sound biblical theology. They're always confused, even though they serve, like they give their life to God and you've seen this over and over and they love God, but they're always confused about like the doctrine of hell, or they're always confused about like trances or visions, or what does the Bible mean about demons? There's always like two or three things they can't reconcile. Do you, do you get what I'm saying here? It's like, oh, they don't yeah. have good theology and they, they want God and they come out of new age, but you, you talk to them and you're like, no, like I was talking to one person, they're like, so on fire for God. I gave up this. I've done this. I'm serving God. And then at the very end, they're like, what do you think about reincarnation? Right. And I didn't, I wasn't rude because they just got saved. So I wasn't like, you know, better. I just, I just told them plainly. I said, look, 
reincarnation is not scriptural. It's not in the Bible. Mm -hmm. and they, oh, okay, I was just wondering because I, I, you know, I, I spent 10 years studying reincarnation. So you mm -hmm. realize these people have come out like you did years of learning. What was your process? Because you are theologically sound. Like when I talked to you, I met you in person. When we've talked before, there's no weirdness. There's no like confusion about doctrine. If you guys don't know, Everett's with Pastor Vlad, works with him, works for the ministry, helps him out and does a lot of his social media, but also Everett does deliverance, like Everett casts out demons. I mean, he's in a sound biblical church. And so did you struggle, like coming out of that, getting delivered, getting the Holy Spirit? Did you struggle with doctrine because you spent years learning about the wrong or how was your journey there when it come to like doctrine and stuff like that? Yeah, so it was definitely a journey. And like you said, about the torment, even the demons and the spirits you interact with that you think are good. The yep. second Jesus Christ comes in the picture and your belief and faith is put on him as the only way and as God, the demons change their tactic. They go yep. from deception to max torment. And I went wow. through a month, over a month of extreme migraines. I think I was clenching in the night. I'm not even sure where I couldn't even go hang out with friends. I couldn't even hardly talk to my parents without just such agonizing pain in my whole head and my jaw. And I was, I knew this was demonic, not just some physical thing. I knew this was mm. demonic because I had given my life in such a deep way to the cause of Christ. When I knew he's the truth, the word of God is real. I quit my entire job. I, I literally got a Bible and I read it for as long as I could every day, 10, 12 hours researching apologetics, you know, wow. gotquestions.org, what's a Gentile? Well, what about this? Oh, how does this verse relate to that verse? And then this, so reincarnation was one of the hardest beliefs for me to actually give up. Really? Because I was reading books about this stuff where little kids, like I said, the Dalai Lama, know these things about someone who's deceased that you could never know unless they were actually that person. But demons, demons speak to people. Demons yep. coordinate events, give information. Mediums that would I, I would go to, new things about my relatives. They knew information about my relatives. Satan knows who you are. Jesus Christ knows who you are. Serve Jesus Christ, not him. And, and Satan's army will come against you. But getting sound doctrine, I knew was so important. And honestly, praise God for Dr. Bob Larson, because his ministry, man, if you're coming out of the things I was coming yes. out of, Oh my gosh, the questions you have, the the things. He has encyclopedia on it. He has books. And and thank God he actually helped mentor me. And occasionally I would call him and he would, you know, check in and I actually received deliverance from him as well. I knew there were things coming so against me. You got delivered me. then. You actually got delivered from demonic spirits. Oh yeah. And the same feeling I had when I was getting delivered was how I was on LSD. Wow. Very high dose LSD. And on LSD, I was take I accidentally took 10 tabs one time. I was trying to take a half a tab at a rave, just have a good time. Ended up accidentally being a decadose, my friend tells me. And I'm at a concert by called Snails in Flosterdomich, which is literally death dubstep, and I had no idea. It was just 420, wow. going out with my friends in college. 10 tabs of acid, massive vision, occultic doctrine put into me through this trance, through this vision, overlooking earth, the hierarchy of souls. You ascend the hierarchy of souls through reincarnation. Um, there's, yeah, so many occultic doctrines came in through that trance. But getting the sound doctrine, a lot of it came from just reading the word of God like it was uh, going to the gym. 
Like it was wow. something that Come was on. necessary. I would be in back pain. I'd be in extreme excruciating pain. And I would just fast as hard as I could. Many times I wouldn't be able. I'd get halfway through the day and I'd eat a little. And then, But I was just trying to break these chains and get the truth. Mm. And you know, the Bible says, you shall know the truth. This is Jesus Christ himself. Abide in my word, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. This was happening to me when I didn't even know these things. I was just reading the word, understanding where humanity came from, Noah's flood, the ark, how the animals worked, how does this align with science and all of it adds up, all of it adds up, the, the, the tectonic plates, the, the, the whole earth, everything, all these questions I had, I, ha I needed answers because I wanted to be able to defend the faith to people who are asking, hey, you're a Christian now? What the heck? Why do you believe in this? Why do you believe in that? There's instant questions that come. And I wanted to know the answers. I wanted to be a defender of the faith, a defender of the Come truth. On. And I actually wanted to know the truth too. So I was just reading the word militantly. Quit my job, moved home with my parents. COVID ends up hitting. I was actually going to travel South America, which I did with my good what friend from college. What year is this happening? Where you're getting saved, you're reading the Bible, you're getting delivered. This is 2019, about a month after I graduated from college, I got saved. Wow. And what month was that? Right before 2020? Uh, yeah, June 28th. Wow. 2019. So recent, few days after bro. my birthday. Recent. Yeah, two and a half years. Two and Come a half years. Come on, bro. Crazy, man. So I love it. I just read the Bible and I researched and I, I went to as many churches as I could on Sunday. I was traveling around, but, and I stuck my mind. There's so many attacks you get. You cling to Christ. Come on. You cling to Christ. You cling to the word of God. He is everything. The Bible says in him, all things consist. All things consist. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ is the truth. Not a state of consciousness, mm. not a concept or a, or a saying or a proverb or a, you know, a thing you reach in meditation. Jesus Christ is the truth. It's a person and he's alive right now. And he's literally here right now, you know, Isaiah, and having that understanding of how close he is and clinging to that and clinging to the word took me out of so much and all the things i was seeking in the new age healing from just dissolved off of Come me on. and when i would tell my testimony i'd be like whoa that's true like things that i suffered with like even in high school when i was smoking weed i'd get this massive panic attacks where i'd raise my hand to ask a question and within seven seconds my throat would close up in extreme fear wow i, I couldn't even speak publicly these were demons that came in through weed, spirit of fear. People think, oh, weed's doing all that. You, you look at your life, you're, it's not actually going anywhere. You're all talk, no action. Mm, this is so classic weed, man. But read the Bible, study the Bible, know the word of God. And that's why many New Agers actually completely become like cessationists because there's a fear around the supernatural when you get yes, out of the New Age because yes. you get tormented in it. Help so they become- word. Yeah, they become super reformed, super, you know, very, very conservative and, and only the scripture. Well, there are things God does yep. out of the Bible. Yep. Doesn't mean it contradicts the Bible. You know, the Bible is the authority, but God is also extra biblical if yep. it aligns with scripture. So you can't just completely negate everything that happens outside of it. But it's because there's a lot of torment that happens in the supernatural, in the spiritual things. So the new ager who escapes that wants to just cling to that, that, that word of God, that logos, and not go back into maybe the spiritual gifts, operating in these things, talking in these things.
So that's something I've actually really, really yeah, noticed. I, I've seen, you know, man, especially like on YouTube, there's a lot of these ex eight new agers that have huge yeah. channels and videos and they're all reformed. Not, not all yeah. of them, but most of them are reformed or they don't believe in the supernatural. They don't believe in deliverance. And I'm thinking like, how do you not believe in deliverance when you had all these demons? They don't believe in speaking in tongues. They don't believe in the gifts because they're afraid because they came out of a super extra spiritual uh, experience. Yeah. They're afraid that if they get involved in the spirit at all, they'll go back to that. But here's the thing. They were involved in counterfeit supernatural, a, a copycat, not genuine. So guys, remember yep. the devil has no creative power. Everything the new age does, like for instance, karma. Well, that's taken from you reap what you sow. They steal biblical principles. They steal things from Christianity. The devil has nothing new. It's the same superheated. And they take it from the church and not a lot of ex new agers are afraid of anything that comes supernatural but they forget to realize jesus is the creator of the supernatural he's the creator of visions and trances mm -hmm. like there's trances in the bible he's a creator of translation people teleported in the bible there's a lot of weirder things that happen in scripture than a lot of us deal with or what happens to us but God is outside of our religious box of, he can only do what's in the Bible. Like mm -hmm. I mess with people all the time and I say, okay, tell me one person in scripture that, that was named pastor. And they're like, uh, cause there's not, there's not one person in the Bible that's named pastor yeah. so-and-so yet. What do we have ever in every church and yeah. all over the country? Everybody's a pastor, right? So um, true. Show wow. me one place in scripture where they met on Sunday morning. They had an hour and a half of worship, a 30 minute message, and they pray the sinner's prayer. It's not in the Bible. Mm -hmm. There's no cell phones in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah. when you get in this theology of if it's not explicitly in scripture, it can't happen. Then you have to remove the end of John where John said, if everything Jesus did was in scripture, it would fill up the entire world. So of course, all of the true. Bible is in God, but all of, not all of God is in the Bible. God is continuing to move. God is continuing to speak even now. And as long as, of course, it doesn't violate. So I think we as a church, even those watching in the chat, have to break this fear of the supernatural. Break this fear of, well, what if something bad happens? Well, what if something good happens? What if we actually do what God has called us to do? And even as you're talking, man, my heart just breaks for those that are in bondage for the new age. I know God is using you to reach new agers and deliver and all this. But man, I, I'm just reminded, and this is after, you know, making a hundred videos on deliverance of how much we need deliverance, of how much mm -hmm. we need preaching the truth. Like I want to be a guy that people that can't go anywhere, any church to find help can come to me and I can say, I understand, I'm going to help you. Yeah. Even though the church is rejected, like the new agers, the witches, I have people that come to my meeting just in Miami. Hey, I was a witch. I was a sorcerer. I was a world. I was doing voodoo. This girl comes up to me where she goes, where, where could I have gone? Isaiah? nowhere i didn't know i randomly find your she told me this i randomly found your channel on youtube got saved wow. on your channel and got wow. delivered on your channel and now i'm in church i'm serving god but outside of that where would she go so all of you there's five thousand of you watching be the person that the world can go to to get deliverance can Amen. they come to us and we'd say oh i understand what you're going through like i sat with celebrities and they said you're gonna think i'm crazy and i'm like trust me nothing you say is gonna be crazy to me because i have seen it you know i have dealing with a celebrity she talks to fire she levitates she could control things with her hand and everyone thinks i'm crazy what church could i go to and we got to pray deliverance all that but there's an untold millions of people that are involved in this that want yep. so badly to get out and this is what we're telling you guys tonight that tonight there is freedom tonight there's deliverance i know we're about to hit the two hour mark but guys tonight god wants to set you free i'm going to pray over you guys in the chat 
Everett's going to come back on on Tuesday next week for the podcast. He'll share his full depth testimony, go into each of these things. We'll talk about some of this astrology, horoscope stuff. We didn't touch on Enneagram, uh, mediums, channeling. We're going to expose a lot of this stuff next week. But tonight, I want to be sensitive and I want to pray for you guys because I believe there's many of you in here. Some of you are on the side of religion where you don't want nothing to do with the gifts of the supernatural. You've never encountered God spiritually. Some of you on the way other side where you've been looking for in all the wrong places. And tonight, God wants to set you free. So let's pray. Father, I thank you over every person in the chat tonight, every person watching, that the power of the Holy Spirit is coming upon you now in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you that you would touch these people. Lord, we know that outside of repentance, there's no way to enter your kingdom. And so right now, some of you need to repent right now. You need to say, Lord, I turn from my ways. I'm tired of living in the new age. I'm tired of living in idolatry. I'm tired of praying to saints and praying to Mary and praying to uh, Gandhi and praying to Buddha and, and visualize, visualizing and praying to the universe and all of these good vibes and energy and understand tonight God is saying to you, repent. There's no mixture. It is not okay. We're not here to say we're going to mix it together. But to, tonight, God is saying repent. The book of Acts says God now requires all men everywhere to repent. So tonight, I want you to repent. I want you to turn to God. He is the only way, the only one that can bring salvation. You have to repent tonight. I, I'm begging you, like a man drowning, you have to cry out to God saying, Lord, I turn from my wicked ways. I'm tired. I was an atheist, guys, and this is what I prayed. This was my prayer ever as an atheist. God, I don't effing believe in you. That was, that was my prayer. I didn't know. And the Holy Spirit came. God came to me in my brokenness. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And God said, Isaiah, I don't want 99.9% .9 of you. I want all of you. And this is what God is saying to you tonight. I want all of you. I want everything. So maybe you're a Christian, but God is saying, Romans 12, give me your body parts. Lay your life down on the altar of living sacrifice tonight. We are exposing the works of darkness. Devil, we're onto you. I'm letting these demons know we are onto you. We know what you're trying to do. And we come against the spirit of deception. We come against the spirit of confusion. We come against every new age spirit, every occult demon that's been attached. Some of you don't even want those demons. And we command every unclean spirit to leave these people. Amen. Satan, your contract is broken. Your assignment is broken. We, we are onto your tricks. We've exposed you. And we command you to leave these people now in the name of Jesus. Go into the abyss and never return in Jesus' name. We break every contract. We break all voodoo, all spells, all generational curses by the power of Christ, by the blood of Jesus. We cancel your assignment, Satan, now. And I even pray for those of you that are have family in the new age, friends in the new age. Lord, we ask for our friends and family, remove the veil of deception. The Bible says the devil blinds the mind of unbelievers. And tonight, Lord, give them sight let their eyes be open like my eyes were open when I encountered you. Like Everett's eyes were open when he encountered you. I just pray that there would be a great New Age revival this year. Again, Lord, do it on TikTok, on Witch Talk. Let there be a revival on the Witch Talk hashtag. Amen. Let witches get saved. Let warlocks get saved. Let New Agers get saved, Lord. And I know, Father, when you save them, they're going to be radical like we are. Father, I know that these people will be radical for your kingdom, that you take the lowly and you raise them up to confound the wise. So we are asking you, Lord, to bring breakthrough and deliverance in the New Age movement, to bring people tonight to repentance. Guys, we pray the Holy Spirit works on your heart, works on your mind, and that you would get right with God. Deal with God tonight. We are not leading you through the sinner's prayer. We are letting the Holy Spirit bring his conviction upon you. So we're asking you, Lord, 
to send your conviction and to send your power. Everett, if there's anything you want to pray, you can just go for it. Pray over anything, maybe any new just watching, anybody, just feel free, whatever you want to pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray for every single person out there who's seeking the truth at yes. all costs, Lord, who has given their lives to seek the truth, being ridiculed, being thought they're weirdos, Lord, but they're seeking truth. God, I pray that you reveal your son Jesus to them right now. Lord, reveal yourself to them now, Lord. Show them you are real, that you are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. The Bible is true, Lord. Take the deception off of their eyes. Let the scales fall off their eyes yes. and let them encounter their creator right now, Lord. Show them who you are. I break off every deception of Hinduism, yes. of Buddhism, of Eastern religions, of thinking the self is an illusion, of trying to escape this reality on your own doing. I break this deception in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for your faith to fall on them right now, Lord. Let them have faith. Let them believe in you for eternal life, Lord. That's how you made it. That's how easy you made it, Lord, to believe and follow you at all costs, Lord. Show them who you are. Show them who you are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I know there's many of you right now. My voice is completely gone, but I know there's many of you right now being touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. We know God is on the move. Guys, we are in the midst of a great revival. God has awakened us. God has woke us up for such a time as this. There's no one here by chance. There's no such thing as coincidence. And so just let the Holy Spirit move Everett. Listen guys, Everett has a YouTube channel and we'll put it in the chat uh, later. I'll put it in the description. And then next week we'll have all of this stuff posted as well when he's on the show. But Everett, where can they find you? I know you're teaching. God is using you for the new age. What other resources do you have? Yeah, if you just type in my name, Everett Roth on YouTube, uh, you can go and get it get a hold of all the videos I've made on this and uh, I'm going to be releasing much more content, deeper teachings on this. I have an Instagram. Just type in my full name on Instagram and YouTube and you can find my things there, but a lot more to come so on good. exposing we this stuff. We need this, man. We need this, guys. I'm telling you, I've been two years now on the online, haven't touched on the new age at all, but for a certain reason, the Holy Spirit's saying it's time now to expose this, to bring light to this and to bring answers. So a lot of these new agers, man, get the answers here on his channel. Again, guys, this is what he, this was what he lived. And so he has the expertise to break it down and coming over to Christianity. You guys need to get on here. Everett, thank you so much, bro, for being on here. I'm excited for next week, man. I'm super excited what God's going to do. Thank you so much, bro. Thank you, Isaiah. Awesome, Thank Have you so night. much. God bless. Thank you, bro. Take you what an incredible time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.